Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Tactics podcast. My name is Daniel. It's your boy, Half Hope. Hey, everyone. It's Carl Anker. Half Hope, where can people find you before we get started? Halfhopefootballhots.com or around the corner. You can find my writing on The Athletic, where I cover Manchester United and a number of Premier League football clubs. I'm doing more writing at Off Target on Substack. So all the links are in the description. You can follow us as a podcast on Twitter. If you're listening on Spotify, give us a follow. If you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. Leave us a five-star review and we'll read it on the show. Although, I don't know if people leave reviews anymore. Maybe we've exhausted the number of people who leave reviews. I don't know, but leave one if you have it or... Actually, what it is, is not everyone has an Apple device. Sometimes I forget that. That's somebody who's um, embedded in the ecosystem, as they say. So, yeah, shout out to the people on Android. You two are on Android? Android. Android from Dave Dot. Still, I've I've never owned an iPhone, and I'm proud of that. Never. (laughs) iMessage, man, you guys got to get on it. It's good. What what is Android's messaging system? What, What do they call it? Is it just messages? Message, oh, just, just, just message. It doesn't have one like iPhone does. It just it's just like messages. It doesn't have like a special one the way that um iPhone guys have. Well, so is it is it like I my iMessage or something? Mm, yeah, so, that's, how my, that's how my cousin like contacts me. I'm like shit. Wait, what's what's this thing ringing? Is all day he's iMessaging me or something? So, what do you guys want to talk about? We can just fill up the space with whatever you it's guys want to talk about. Big weekend of derbies, isn't it? <laughs> so which yeah, one? Which one piques your interest most? Well, I started things off by heading over to the Manchester Derby at Old Trafford uh, and finished things off on Sunday by watching the Classico in Saudi Arabia. And in between, I had a nice little sample of the North London Derby. So of those three games that I have watched, did you watch any of them as well? I didn't catch the Super Cup thing in Saudi Arabia. So I missed that one. The other two I watched. Are you anti-Saudi? Why didn't you watch it? Because it's in Saudi Arabia? Because it's a Super Cup and I don't care. It's a oh, glorified please. friendly that's being held please. in Saudi Arabia. I'm, I'm I'm, cool. Lewandowski would have been suspended for that game had it been deemed a competitive game. I had it lined up. It was on ESPN Plus and I saw, and then I, I, th- I thought it was a league game. I thought it was like La Liga. So I was like, okay, let's tune in. But then when it said the Super Cup, I'm like, ah, so, no, I didn't watch. And and not because it's in Saudi. I just watched the Qatar World Cup. So far, far <laughs> yeah, be it for me to protest on political purposes or for political purposes. I don't purposes, always watch but... the Community Shield live, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't think I've watched the last two Community Shields. If I have, I've watched highlights. Definitely didn't watch the last one. No, no, no. But, but my thing, though, is that, on, yeah, you're right. It is a glorified friendly. But I think, though, especially when you speak to Real Madrid fans, you can still gauge where Real Madrid are at. Oh, yeah. That's and awesome. Real Madrid may have been the one team, I think, who are suffering from this post-World Cup. Whenever Real Ambassador play, it will always be competitive to a certain degree, just because mm-hmm. of what the history is. And we just look at where both teams are at. It just seems as if Barca are coping better in this post-World Cup scenario as opposed to Real Madrid. So Real are looking a little bit tricky. And people want to disrespect my Ballon d'Or winner. 
people are disrespecting Kareem. What's going on? Let's Is he playing poorly? Yes, he's not been playing well. Like last few games, he's not. He's not. He's just not been playing well. And people say that him not playing well affects Vinny, who's also not been playing well because they're sort of a, a, a one-two punch. And the thing, though, is, look, you're not going to be amazing all the way through. But why this is problematic for Real Madrid is if Benzema is not playing well, Modric turns 72 next week, This they don't have Casemiro. And I'm sure Carl will talk about Casemiro. The streets are saying, the streets are saying that Casemiro may be much more of a bigger miss than people anticipated. Because Casemiro played an extremely vital role for Real Madrid. You know, he wasn't just a DM. He could be a DM, a central midfielder, a box-to-box. He was vital for them. Chouameni is still very young. And you saw that at the World Cup, where he's still a very young player. Kamavinga is still very, very young. Modric is too old. Cruz is too old. So, you know, um, there are issues. There are issues. Whereas for Barcelona, they give it out to Gavi, man, and Pedri, two quality mm-hmm. players. Two quality players. And I think, because I was like, oh, Gavi, did he have golden boy? But when you just look at how he's been playing for Barcelona, because man of the match, Atletico Madrid away from home without Lewandowski, which was a difficult result to to to, to play in, and goal and an assist in this game, I just think that Barca's young boys are really coming to the fore. And for me, I'm I'm looking very sketchy because someone pointed out, I called him nine hag, I called mm-hmm. him light bulb, and I yes, said Javi got his okay, his um. His um, certificates from the desert. You could have a scenario where Barca win the, the league, Arsenal win the league, and United comes come second or even win Europa League. <laughs> so, yeah, I agree. Hope. I mean, this 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 felt like quite close to in air quotes peak Barcelona, peak Guardiola Barcelona performance. There was a point I'd say in the last ten minutes where Barcelona did their rondo. Uh, and it was just like a hapless Real Madrid player trying to win the ball back. Uh, I think, yeah, injury and illness affected Real Madrid. Their deepest midfielder was Tony Cruz. And Camavinga looked a little bit lost in central midfield. I'm a bit concerned about Camavinga. It seems like Ancelotti doesn't seem to think he's the one for central midfield at the very least. He's been playing at left back every now and again for Real Madrid as well. So... Yeah, there was also a point where I think Luka Modric got substituted in the 70-something minute as well, which felt more or less like Ancelotti conceding, going, you know what, this this game is just a friend, they're not going to be bothered too much by it. But Barcelona were fantastic, not just Pedri and Gabi, but also Balde. It finally looks like Barca have solved their left-back Jordi Alba successor, successor issue there as well and this is the first bit of silverware for Xavi whether or not you want to conclude the Super Cup in this is up to you but this feels like Barcelona playing com- closer to their idealised self uh, it's remiss of me to say they're back because you know they're they're playing the Europa League playoff game against Manchester United first whereas they, they very much expected to reach at least the Champions League quarterfinals mm-hmm. but there is there is something to this Barca team that, that shows the beginnings of something really special. And it, it starts it starts with Pedri and Gavi. And then hopefully you can include Fatty in this if Fatty continues to recover from his, his spate of injuries. And then I think now you can also include Balde in this as well. The Casemiro point that Have Hope brought up, I'm curious what you think. Is he a miss for Madrid and what is he bringing to Manchester United? That game, specifically the Classico, when there are the injuries 
and illnesses going on to too many and others. I think that is the one or two games where you go, yeah, if you could have kept Casemiro, you would have tried to keep Casemiro on. But no, I, I, I think Real Madrid are in a good place. I think it's not a bad place to be. I think the squad hasn't been doing well this season for reasons. Rather than get worried about the squad, I think the, the more than the next big conversation is, you know, does Don Carlo have to go upstairs again and someone else come in? There is a certain Frenchman who's not going to be hired by France, maybe, Indeed. huh? Huh? Indeed. Third Indeed. time's a charm. <laughs> well, well, your opinion, your opinion on this? Uh, do Real Madrid need to spend money, or do Real Madrid need to change their manager? Man, I mean, the likelihood is Real Madrid are going to spend money anyway, but. I want to know your opinion on spend money and keep Carlo or spend money and don't keep Carlo. That's a difficult question, man. That's why if I asked I had to, to you. If, 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 if I had to give an answer, no, it's, it's, it's Carlos, it's hard, man. If I had to pick one, I'm not going to burn Carlo at the stake when everyone is burning him at the, at the stake. I'm going to be the guy with the fire extinguisher saying, Violet? guys, get out of here, man. So okay. I'm going to say, <laughs> if you give him. Money, man. Give him my money. I'm gonna say, give him money, and I trust in in Carlo. This is just this is just it's just a, a bad spell, and everyone has a, a bad spell. So, so, I mean, if you sack him, who do you bring in? You can't mm-hmm. go back to Zidane again. You've already passed that whole Zidane thing. So if you sack him, who is there that can do a Real Madrid job? Because this ain't no simple job. Which manager that is available there can come in and Real Madrid don't do three-year, four-year rebuild and so forth. Like Real Madrid mm-hmm. don't have their owners in a, in a Twitter space getting viewpoints and, and so forth. <laughs> I have so, a name. I have a name. I have a name. Thomas. Too short, Real Madrid? Tuchel? I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Oh, okay. So of, no. of the of, no. of the available top-tier managers, if, if, if you're taking Zidane off the table and Enrique can't go to Madrid because he's a Barca uh-huh. guy, are you going to hire Pochettino? No. So the only available option that is a short-term manager that wins things and can bring a structure to a team is probably Tuchel. Uh, unless they're going to go the Chelsea route and high, and buy someone out of a contract who's already under contract. But those are the only options. Enrique, Pochettino, Zidane, Tuchel. Galadino. Or, or, yeah, or some unknown Spanish person in my mind. But... I think Tuchel might make sense, and and I think Madrid fans, Madridistas, they would like Tuchel. Just no, no, you know what? You know what? I, I, I think Tuchel makes sense. I don't think Tuchel is a good league manager, but he's an excellent tactician, mm-hmm. so he will do well in the UCL. You know, this is a perfect period for because let's let's be real. Nobody wants to say this, and, and nobody ever will, because it's it makes for uncomfortable conversation. That last decade with the what's it called four UCLs in three. Mm-hmm. Real only won the league twice. That's embarrassing. <laughs> For how good that team wait, was. Wait, 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 wait. Why is it embarrassing to only win two when Messi's running around? Because you're Real Madrid and you had Cristiano, peak Cristiano or Ronaldo. Fair enough. Peak That's a good rebuttal. Right. I'll take so, that, so I'll take that as a rebuttal. Yeah. The no, problem would be, like the, the problem would be if winning the Champions League is the delineation between or the the marker of who is the best club in the world. If you mm-hmm. win that thing three times in a row, four to five, how aren't you winning your domestic league? 
Now, maybe that puts the Champions League into a bit of question that is it just a cup competition where teams get lucky? Are there teams that are just good in cups and bad in the league? I think that's probably the the, the more true answer. But it does raise a question. It's it's a, it's a difficult one. If you if you're a, you're a Barca fan, Real Madrid have never won the treble. Barca have won the treble twice, and also have shown that we can win the the UCL and the league in the same season. But if you're a Real Madrid, you'll be like, well, we screw it. If you're being real, Barca can make a claim of being having been super superior club in that decade. I just raised the UCL higher, but if I'm being ob- objective. The, mm, no, United you're not being objective. <laughs> you're not being objective, my friend. You can say you're seeing it from the other what? side. You're not being objective. No, 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 no. This, no, this, no. This is no, no. This is objective. This is objective. Like, look. If you let him have it, Carl. Let him have it. Let him have it. It's like it's fabulous. It's you. You can't. When United did what they did in '99, which was mm-hmm. the first time a team did it in the UCL era, everyone was like, "Damn, that's crazy!" <laughs> you know, to win your league. Your domestic cup trophy and the Champions League in the same season, that is extremely hard to do. Because that is you having to play on a high level for 40 plus, 50 plus games. So mm-hmm. as good as the Real Madrid three peats, four to five is, which is amazing. And we still have to figure out how Zidane did, did that. Really won the league twice and he've never won the treble. So Barca have a stronger flex. Um so back to the whole Tokyo point. For Totoko, are you sure you will win the UCL with no Modric, no Cruz, no Benzema, because they're obviously aging and so forth. Are you sure? Because if you're sure you can win the UCL, okay, let's talk. If you're sure you're not going to win, win the UCL, are you sure you'll win the league with a Barca that is going to re reemerge? You know, and who knows what happens if Atleti um, sack Simeone and get a manager who doesn't come with a jail sentence? So, do you know you Tuchel know? to Atletico might make more sense than Tuchel to Madrid? That would make sense. Given yeah, Tuchel you know what? Yeah. That, yeah. But, you know, Simeone kind of has that place on lock. And please, I'm going to be very specific here. I am saying there is some smoke. Mm-hmm. There isn't burning. There isn't fire. You should not call the fire brigade. The nature of Jao Felix's loan to Chelsea gives halfway decent credence to the theory that Simeone will be leaving Atletico Madrid at the end of the season. I hear people who say that. Mm-hmm. And part of me wants to think it's true just because it would give like more evidence to American owners don't know what they're doing kind of thing. However, I do think if you're Atletico, you want to add more years to his contract so you can bargain for his value. Which from is a, are you from, talking about? You're talking about Zhao? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zhao Felix. If, if, if Atletico add more years to his contract, basically making him sign an extension, Chelsea now have to sign or anyone who wants to buy him have to sign a player that has four years on his deal instead of two, which in theory adds more money to what they can get. And if Felix really wants to leave, he'll sign whatever just so he can get the loan to Chelsea and then maybe get his move in the summer. So I hear you that maybe Yao Felix's contract is a sign that they're going to let go of Simeone. That way they can get Felix back. However, I do think maybe Felix is thinking, I'll just sign whatever so I can get out of here. But I would like to believe you. Because that means Boldy doesn't know what he's doing. And that's good for my narrative. Now, <clears throat> I, I, I thought you were going to go a little bit more in depth on, on Casemiro and basically like what he's doing for, for your team. Because I guess that could kind of dovetail us into the Manchester Derby. That yeah, wasn't... Let's, let's talk about the Manchester Derby. That was a pleasant surprise. So I was 
I was there at Old Trafford. It was my what first was Manchester. Offside? Do you, want, do you want to get into this now? <laughs> it was should definitely off. Should we just go straight into this? Can we just go straight into this? Let's go straight into this. Let's go right. for it. I'm ready. Uh, so I've done, I've done Talk of Devils and I've done the Athletic Football Weekend Recap. And I am of the opinion that this goal wouldn't have counted if the away team had scored it. So I'm not saying... I'm not saying it's a Manchester United thing. I'm, saying, I'm not saying it's a City thing, but I think if the away team scores this goal, it's not given. The combination of... I always think don't think this goal happens unless it's a derby, right? So it's an imperfect storm of it's a derby. Uh, there's a bunch of intangibles. Everyone's got heightened emotions. Uh, and eventually, uh, I also don't think this goal happens if anyone other than Bruno Fernandes was involved in it. So Casemiro plays the ball over the top. That ball is... Definitely intended for Marcus Rashford. No doubt in my mind. Yes. No doubt in my mind that ball is that ball is for Rashford. Rashford accelerates after it, and then at some point, for some reason, realizes he's offside. I think one reason he realizes he's offside is Bruno Fernandez is there screaming at him. Mine. Uh, I also, also also Carl. Like I think the responses of City's players tell Rashford he's offside. Yeah. Akanji, Akanji at the end of the game, Akanji said, you know, he's offside. I didn't I didn't run. I set the line. I didn't make the proper retreating run because I knew he was offside and I understood he was offside. So we know for a fact Akanji doesn't go full pace because Rash is offside. You, you can also see um, the positioning and the path that Edison takes is affected by what Rashford is doing. I think if Rashford wasn't there, you know, Edison, being Edison, would have made a proper full sweep. Good bing bang boom. Now, as I said before, I don't think Rashford stops, doesn't touch the ball unless Bruno Fernandes goes, leave it. Because we know about Bruno Fernandes and Marcus Rashford's playing relationship. They've spoken loads about it. There's that really good thing in BT Sport where Rashford told Rio Ferdinand when he scored a goal, goal against Brighton that sometimes when Bruno's on the ball, I just make, I just run. And he goes, do you do that for any other player? He goes, maybe Pogba, but it's mostly Bruno. So we know this for sure. <laughs> okay. So I think Rashford knows not to touch it because Bruno's got the foresight of mind to go leave it. I also think the manner of Bruno's goal celebration is really important as well because he doesn't so much celebrate as he run over to the linesman simultaneously. Yeah, he's litigating immediately, right? Mm. He's running over to the linesman. He's shaking his hand going, no, 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 no. It's a goal. It's a goal. And he's explaining to the liner who's waved it for offside that can't be offside because Rashi didn't touch the ball. I also think the fact that that's helped by the fact that it's not just Bruno's character, but the fact that Bruno now is the de facto matchday captain. Because yeah, didn't he have the Harry armband? Off. He's got the armband now because Harry Maguire's on the bench. And his English is really good too. Yeah, and Bruno, for to use the NBA term, Bruno commands a whistle mm. pretty well. Uh, so I think Bruno's way to litigate was also important there. Uh, this is a yeah, long that, way of saying it's offside, Carl. I'm saying, I'm saying. <laughs> So basically, you're saying all of these factors lead to a goal that really shouldn't have been given, but because of the factors, it was given. The short answer, which I'm sure I have hope and I agree on, is offside. Like, there's no, you can't convince me that Rashford's offside movement or offside run doesn't affect Akanji, Walker, and Edison. And now, I've seen that the letter of the law states that because Rashford doesn't touch it, mm -hmm. or at least this is one interpretation, because Rashford doesn't touch the football, the ball is there for Bruno, who is onside, to hit it. But 
the spirit of the law is if a player in an offside position interferes with play mm-hmm. and you can't convince me that Rashford doesn't interfere with the play mm-hmm. based on all of the factors that you outlined, minus Bruno being a lawyer, it must be offside. Like there is no other conclusion. But I I, I feel as if perhaps the rule was written or, or the, the rule was applied correctly, but the rule is stupid. So essentially you've applied stupidity. Yeah, and I and this is why I say this goal doesn't happen if the away team scores it. Basically, look, um, it was it, it, of course it was, it, it was offside, but basically, so I don't think they have it with you. But when you're watching it on BT, they have your boy Peter Walton. I'm, I think I will know who is like the yep Peter Walton, board, like, referee. referee yep. ex, I know yeah, him. he basically explains stuff. So oh yeah, so basically when they went to him, he said that they actually tweaked the rule, which said that. Unless a the player who is offside is blocking an opponent's trying to play the, the ball, as long as he doesn't actually touch the ball, he can still be deemed to be onside. And my thing is this is that whatever the, the rule states, as Daniel just said, Rashford being there affects Akanji and so forth. 100% mm-hmm. him being there affected how Akanji and Edison defended. But... But City, you can't cry about this. Play to the whistle. Yes. He plays the whistle. Rashford was super smart. He was mm. super smart because Rashford knew that, oh, I'm offside. But if I just sort of shield the ball and protect the ball, I can leave these guys in La La Land. You know what? They may, they may call it as offside, but let me at least just take, take a chance. Let me shield it. Bruno score and let's see, see, see what happens. They, they, they teach us this when you even play football in school. Play to the whistle. Assume that you're not going to get the goal. Play to the whistle, play to the whistle, play to the whistle. I think I will, will remember this. Um, FA Cup game. It was West Ham against United. A ball was played to De, De Canio. And he was in acres of space. And everyone said, oh, he's offside. And Bart says, put his hand up and didn't move. Because Bart thought, okay, if I put my hand up, that mm-hmm. he's offside, De Canio is going to stop. And not so, but they kind of just kept on playing, and it was, and it was, it was on side. So I was like, no, 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 you play to the whistle. <laughs> you always that is the basic that they that they teach you from school football. Play to the whistle. So and for those players, yeah, you got screwed over. But at the same time, keep playing and keep defending as if he's onto the R, as if they're not going to call it as as offside. So you can mm-hmm. never ever assume. I I agree with that. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Like play to the whistle. However, there does need to be a conversation about the rule. Because of VAR, like VAR exists for these reasons, doesn't it? So common sense can prevail, but but football doesn't operate on common sense. Go ahead. Should it? It's a different question from does it. Yeah. And okay, well, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and put all this to one side because I yeah I'm a Manchester United fan. I'm a Manchester United reporter, so you can call me X Y Z. Question to both of you: Do you think Manchester City lost that game because of that goal? Hell no. Follow-up question, Hope. Why did Manchester City lose that game? They lost that game because tactically they were all over the, the place. Pep's mm-hmm. setup was a mess. Ten Hag tactically got him. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe Grealish's goal was City's first mm-hmm. shot on target. I think that was the first shot on target. The way he employed Fred, the way the midfield walked, the amount of times that City lost the, 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 the ball, how bad Silva was, how bad De Bruyne was, I think Haaland had like 12 touches the whole game, or maybe even less. It was a mess. And now, if that's was a Lukaku, we would know the number. <laughs> yeah, no, but see, 
This is a different point convo made. as has having point made City worse. That's a different convo to have. But I think that United, to pinpoint that on that particular point, no, you have to look at the entire context of the game. And we have to look at the entire context of the game. It was it was lost, especially in that first half. Yes, they came back in the second half, but tactically, Ten Hag got Pep. See, there's so many ways we can go with this because this is a huge week. But let me, before we even get there, <laughs> mentally speaking, that was huge from United. And you mm. know why it was so huge? Because look at Pep's post-match thoughts. <laughs> I don't care about the such a liar, bro. We've won one a lot. This was interesting because obviously I, I was there. So he said to BT Sport, you know, we, we can't win the Premier League this way. We can't <laughs> He's such a liar, so. bro. And then, so, and then what happened was he comes into the press room at, you know, the Old Trafford Media Room. And we, were, and we went, Pep, we've just seen you concede the title on <laughs> BT Sport. And he went, no, no, it doesn't mean that. And then he, he elaborated in that very Guardiola-esque way where he's half taking the mick and half saying, you need to figure out what I'm trying to say. Uh, and I spoke to Sam Lee. Sam Lee covers Manchester City for The Athletic. His interpretation of what Pep was trying to say, both on BT Sport and in the press room, was Pep saying, I don't really mind about winning the Premier League because what's most important is that we play in a fashion that we did in the second half, which is the Pep thing of saying, if we keep playing at our maximum, it doesn't matter. We're going to win what we need to win anyway. My interpretation of it, again, as covering Manchester United and being a Manchester United fan, was Pep saying, you can't win every single game all of the time. One of those weird bits of pepness. Part, part of me wants to believe that he thinks what he actually said. But then the other part of me, the more reasonable side, is like English is what? His third, fourth language. Maybe he doesn't have all the words to exactly pinpoint could, should, well, would. This, this, this is what Pep things. does. When, this is what Pep does, especially when he hasn't got oh, a result. No, 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 no. He no, wants. Don't do that. He's very, he's very sarcastic. I don't think I don't think his English is bad. I know he's very sarcastic and he can be a sore loser. No, no, um, but, 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 but here's, here's the thing though. We have a guy on our panel called Paul and he's Spanish. So I said, okay, is this lost in translation? So I asked Paul, who is fully Spanish. Okay, Pep said this and, and Paul was like, no, oh, no, 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 no. There's there's no loss in trans translation. That's just Pep being Pep. And yeah. he knew this from his time in La Liga. And so that's just Pep being 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 Pep. Like he knew exactly what he was saying there. So you can't use the whole, oh, it's instead no. He, he Paul was like, no, 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 that's a, he meant what he, he said. So, and we know that he's weird. The guy's a weirdo. He's a weirdo. So, ah, okay, but okay, just, let's so, get into just, just, hold on, hold on, Carl, 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 just, just quickly, because you, you asked the question, or do we think United would have won without that goal? And I said, I think so. But the more I've thought about it, I don't think so. Okay. I don't, th- I think they needed that goal in order to score the next one. Uh-huh. And they weren't going. It didn't feel like they were going to score un- until they scored, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And they were only going to score in that way. That kind what? of. <laughs> I know. That no, was, no, that no, no, no. I know. I know. I know what Daniel's saying. So I'm, you know, I was live tweeting the whole thing. And there's a point. So the first 20 minutes of that second half, uh, Marshall went off. Anthony is playing up front. And you've got Marcus Rashford on the left hand side. Uh, and Aaron Wambasaka had a shot. I think it's like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I minute. remember. So Wambasaka yeah. has a long range shot, and I tweeted, "Mate, if you've got Aaron Wambasaka taking long range shots, you need a cent- like you're you're in trouble. You definitely need a central attacking option." And then you they get the goal anyway, the offside goal. And, you know, then Rashford goes up front because Garnacho comes on the left hand side, and then the second goal happens. So yes, I can I can see Daniel's point of the second goal 
doesn't happen th- without the first. Without the first, but also. But, but I'm saying the first goal also doesn't happen without the offsideness of it, which means where where would the first goal have come from were it not for that offside? I don't know if it comes. We will leave that to the listener. What I would like to do now is ask you, <laughs> now that Pep has, you know, Pep is on a, let's call it a bit of a huff about the Premier League. Manchester United are playing Crystal Palace on Wednesday. And if they win that game, they will then go to Arsenal on Sunday. I just want a yes or no answer. Is it a three-way title race? Daniel? No. Hope? So we're going to disrespect the North. <laughs> he never answers on it. So what's what's the north? We're going, to, we're going to disrespect the north. Who's the north? It's cold. People who are who are very large who don't wear any shirts because it's cold. Black and Newcastle. white. You're talking Mark about Newcastle. Five. Okay. So you think it's, so? Yes. You think it's not? You think it's not a three way? It's a it's a four way title race because of Newcastle. You see, they, I'm even disrespecting <laughs> Newcastle as well, but they don't go away. I'm like, oh, forget forget them. It's not their time. They've already lost two ones. And that's a game, even Liverpool fans have said they, they didn't deserve to win that game. They're very mm-hmm. hard to beat. And they keep on plugging away. And it's like, you know, these guys are still around here. And we just ignore them because surely not. Who do they have? But they're still around here, you know? So my thing is, okay, the obvious answer is a, it, it, that it is a three-horse race. But should we really be re- ignoring Newcastle? And even Newcastle fans tell me that. Why are people ignoring New, New, Newcastle? Why are guys ignoring New, New, Newcastle? So this is a very interesting week. If United beats Palace and they, and if United beats Arsenal, they go three points behind Arsenal, with Arsenal's game in hand being the game against Man City. So if United win their next two, two games, things are looking extremely interesting. And when was the last time we... Screw it. When was the last time we had a three-horse race? Oh, yeah, sorry. No, no, that was the Leicester City season. That was the last time we had was a three-horse three horse race. No. no it was well, the Spurs. Yeah, Leicester, it was Spurs. Spurs. Uh-huh. The joke well, was Spurs Arsenal, finished. Yeah. The joke was Spurs finished third in a two-horse race because they finished yes. behind Arsenal because of the way they put, lost the Newcastle. Yeah, they capitulated but, uh, at the last few games. Yeah. The the reason I say no is because I think Arsenal are going to win the league. Okay. <laughs> so, and I don't like that assumption. I would like there to be a little bit more drama in what was happening. But the way that they dispatched Tottenham in a game where you would think that's a banana skin or however people say it. It wasn't even close. I want to trust Arsenal. So mm-hmm. I'm not even going to give Newcastle, United, and City time until they prove to me that they're worth it. Shall we talk about North London Derby? Let's go for it. <laughs> they dismantled them, didn't they? They absolutely took Spurs apart. And, you know, if if you gave me a piece of paper, you know, pen and paper and write down the five best squads in Europe or the five best teams in Europe right now, Arsenal would be top two. Probably ain't going to be number two either. So, wow. Here we okay. Go. I think I think gen- I think right now the best two teams in Europe playing football. You know, you can you can have the Bundesliga hasn't restarted yet. Napoli, if you wish. Uh, yeah, I think I think I think it's Arsenal and Napoli. I think they're the best two teams in Europe. Okay, the opening goal is maybe the most disrespectful thing I've seen this year. I know it's only been like sixteen days or however long. What what day is it? Seventeen days. It's probably the most disrespectful thing I've seen. Saka has no right to shoot from that angle. I wonder if in Saka's brain, he thinks, fuck it, it's Larice, And he shoots. <laughs> and Larice actually just like fumbles it. Like, I, 
because that wasn't a cross. Mm-hmm. I think he was actually shooting from there, which tells me he doesn't respect Larice, which means it's so disrespectful to even try it. But it works. And they open the scoring that way. And he had like one good game in the World Cup. I feel I'm getting like, sick of this now. But he, he has to. He keeps ruining things. He has to. It no, 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 not he has to. If Tottenham Hotspur want to be the football team they want to be, if they want to have be the top four contending, if they want to constantly in the Champions League, if they want to have put together a title challenge every now and again, and probably even win some of these trophies, Hugo Lloris can't be the starting goalkeeper. And and this has to get sorted out. And I'm assuming they're going to sort out later rather than sooner. But I think they should start looking at it sooner now because he's not it and he's not it anymore. And, and uh, you know, four years ago, he was dropping clangers in a World Cup final. And in the World Cup final, that was a month ago, I was watching that penalty shootout going, he's not going to save one of these penalties. If this is mean, I'm really sorry because goalkeeping is, is a very, very difficult position. And, and a lot of goalkeeping has to do with aura, right? And, and as you said, Saka looks up. And if that goalkeeper was Allison, maybe he doesn't have a pop. Uh, but it's Larice. But it's Larice right now. And the reputation releases, he's shaky. And you can't fix shakiness without having a constant string of good games. And I can't see that constant string of good games coming back in for Hugo Lewis anymore. I think he's yeah. a fantastic, I think he's been a fantastic football player. I think considering how many games he's played for Tottenham Hotspur, he's going to go down as a club legend. Uh, I think it's quite, I once said, I'm glad Hugo Lloris has won a World Cup because the amount of football he's played and how good he's been, it'd be quite sad if he hadn't won anything. So it's good that he's got a World Cup, but also I think he's he's in the beginning of a decline that a team that wants to finish in top four can't keep carrying. He didn't win anything with Lyon. I will, I will look that up. Give me a sec. Um, no, he missed that run. Like yeah, you know, you, when, you know when they won six or seven yeah. straight, he won a, a a Coupe de France and a Trophy de Champion. So he never won a league. Uh, yeah, that's all he had. And the Nations League. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you don't you don't make the Nations League. Damn. No. <laughs> They're the reorganized friendly. Let me ask guys. So is the is the Norwegian God of Honor the best player in the Premier League right now? No. Oh. Who is? <sighs> Who is then? If it's not Odegaard. Um, oh, sorry. That Norwegian. Oh, you thought it was Haaland. Yeah, I oh, think you talking about Haaland. The other one. No, the, the, best, the best football, the best football player. In the, the, did you guys see Haaland's, uh, is it GQ or whatever shots? The GQ shoot. The I liked it. I like it. I like it. He looks <sighs> like a, what's his name? I have a theory for an extra. But we can't get it today. Right. <laughs> Actually, we can't. No, 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 we can't. No, we can't. I don't even want that on wax. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, uh, it's, 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 it's more theory about Nordic people rather than anything particular about Erling Haaland, but maybe he's an example of it. But yeah, I just thought, you know, they were funny. But you, you, you rocked with it. The menswear, shout out to Tulsa. Menswear. <laughs> you know, I rock with menswear looks. I love that big swing menswear stuff. Are baggy clothes back in? Like, yeah, are we rocking yeah. the I think, boot I think cut jeans are. again and all this I kind of stuff? My clothes are about Fubu. Shout out to <laughs> have Hoken open his closet that he had Fubu. from 2002. Danny, relax. But yeah, um, no, Odegaard. I think Odegaard is one of the better players. But here's the thing Arsenal are functioning so well as a team. I can't deduce if it's him or if it's a system thing. So number five looks really good. Xhaka looks good. 
the forwards look good. Loki and amazing though. No, it's an amazing team. But yeah. Odegaard has been amazing. You have to even so basically, yeah. I was talking to a Real Madrid fan and he said that yeah, we might have messed up letting Odegaard go. Now he wasn't as good as he was then, but they were like, you know mm-hmm. what? He's he wasn't given enough opportunity at Real Madrid. They're like, oh, screw it, he's not gonna make it. Boom. I hate when people and do that though. Yeah, you let him go. Odegaard can't become who he is now without leaving Madrid because he needed a place that was going to trust him, develop him, play him. He wouldn't have got that in the three-man midfield at, 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 at Madrid. It's, 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 it's the same way Chelsea fans look at Mohamed Salah or yeah. Kevin De Bruyne and say, oh, if only he would have stayed in the team. No, De Bruyne needed to go to Germany and then to City. Salah needed to go to Italy and then I mean, to Liverpool. Like You, you give, give them the proper context. That, mm-hmm. The argument against that, though, is true. But look at what's happening to Real Madrid right now. Everything Are you before sure the butt means nothing. He's a sick man. So Madrid probably should have kept him. But if they keep him, he's not who he is now. Yeah. But also so, there's no space for Madrid. They have to they have to keep loaning him out if you want. This is why I players don't... go back and forth from clubs. It's like mm-hmm. Chelsea buying Lukaku again. Why? Because he became good. But you had him. Why didn't you keep him? Well, he wouldn't have played to become who you bought for a hundred million. Exactly. It's it's that kind of thing. Now, whether or not the and Lukaku might be a good example. <laughs> if Odegaard goes back to Madrid, there's no guarantee it works. I would trust him more than Lukaku, so that's a bad example. But it's that kind of idea. Um, I, I do want to throw this out here though, and it's half Chelsea, half Arsenal, maybe 75 Chelsea, 25 Arsenal. I like Gabriel Martinelli as a player. I feel like if he gets minutes and he's developed in that way, he'll be good. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of relate this to how Vinicius needed Mbappe to stay at PSG. So he got the trust on that left-hand side for Madrid and he became, he blossomed into the player that he's been for the last 24 months, we'll say. Martinelli almost got like sideswiped by this Mudrick deal because if you spend a hundred million or whatever the number would have been for on Arsenal's side to bring in a player from the Ukrainian league, that probably because Saka is going to play, so that means Martinelli is probably now a bench player. It benefits him that Mudrik has found his way to Chelsea, and I feel like that might be an overall benefit for Arsenal. I don't know if either of you have watched Mudrik. I don't know if you guys have mm-hmm. the Ukrainian highlight package. I've or watched I've done some stuff. Television package. Is he good enough to put Martinelli's talent on the on the sideline? No, not yet. Not yet. I think the big thing with Mudrik would have Paul been. Kavicha. I don't think he's. I don't think he's actually Kavicha. Like I think he's he's closer to young Gareth Bale. Oh. I think he's got. I think he had the the ingredients to turn him into a pace and power monster. <laughs> um, you know, once can we that, can can they buy somebody? I almost said we. I did say we. Can they buy somebody who could do a step over? I mean, like Felix who? is great. Chelsea Football Club. So I think, okay, okay. We're moving away from Arsenal, but very quickly, I think the reason why Arsenal was so into Mudrik was because he would have taken Arsenal into the bit where you hit a critical mass of attacking players. We've been on this podcast before and we talked about when when peak Man City, you know, 2019 Man City, 2020 Man City, you went, oh, well, if you stop that one player, you have to stop that player. And if you can't stop that player, then someone else is going to get you. And if you can't do that, then someone else is going to get you. If you can't do that, then someone else is going to get you. I think if you added Mudrik to that style, Arsenal would have just had one too many machines. It would have been, you've got to stop Martinelli. If you can't stop Martinelli, you would have to stop Saka. If you can't do that, Jesus would have been there. If you can't do that, then Mujic would have come off the bench. If you can't do that, then 
Odegaard's going to hit you. If you can't do that, then someone else from deeper midfield is going to hit a long-range banger from outside the penalty area. Bing, bang, bing, bang, boom. And that's what you want eventually when you want to start winning more than one trophy in a season. You just want loads of aces in places. And I think that was the big idea there. I think Chelsea's important for Chelsea because unlike Chelsea's other wide players, he's he can actually just beat up a fullback, right? So he's uh, an athlete? He's, a, he's an explosive athlete. Uh, and I think that is why Chelsea decided to gazump Arsenal to get him because, you know, if you know that you know, Raheem Sterling is injured, Yusuf is injured, they're Some wide players. Athletes, Carl. The only athlete I would want is Mbappe because at least he matches it with some level of proficient technique. If you're just if if you're telling me that the ceiling on him is like not as good, Gareth Bale. I, so I I, I I'm higher on him and Salini's man. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm higher I'm higher on him and my strong legs. And in my strong legs. Because I thought, I thought, I think Arteta's ability to develop attacking players, especially wide ones, I think what Arteta did with Martinelli made me go, "Ooh, he's really going to turn Mudrik into a demon." Whereas I'm not sure Graham Potter is going to have the time to do that to Mudrik at Chelsea. Like I would rather Chelsea buy Martinelli and let Arsenal have Mudrik. Like I'd <laughs> rather that swap because I trust the talent that I see in Martinelli. The highlights that I've seen, and of course, players are going to look good on highlights, but I'm never getting tricked on highlights again. Shout out to Bakayoko. I'm never getting tricked on that again. So, and it's the Ukraine league. It's not like at least like when United went after Anthony, like at least Ajax is a respected European club. The Dutch league is respected. Players come from there. The last good player to come out of the Ukraine league was Willian. Yeah. That was 10 years you ago. You ain't vibing with Fred? Are you vibing with Fred? <laughs> Look, we've been talking for nearly an hour. Come on. Let's, let's, let's keep, let's let keep me going. ask a question to you guys. Hmm. Do you believe the Modric deal had anything to do with Ukraine? <laughs> what the kind of left you question? What kind of stupid question is that? <laughs> yeah, let me fired. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. If you don't want to, you can't get a man fired, fired on his day off. Oh, come on, man. This is a Friday. <laughs> no, no, no. Fine, then we won't touch it. You, you can delete it. That's what I'm saying. But, but um, you know, I'm just saying. You know, I, I can connect to that in one sense. So, and we, so we, and, and, we, and Carl, Carl, just, just quickly, I will read this off the BBC. That way, none of us can get in trouble. Shakhtar Donetsk pledged 22 million pounds to Ukrainian war effort after Chelsea transfer. That's the headline. If you guys want to go investigate, you can. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't know what that means, but some of Chelsea's money has gone to Ukraine. I think, if I'm if I remember this correctly, Abramovich's sale, he opened up an account that was going to give some money to mm-hmm. Ukrainian refugees. So Chelsea have a relationship with Ukraine. I think Abramovich might actually be part Ukrainian as well. So maybe that has something to do with it. Whether or not the transfer was inspired, maybe go read the BBC. I don't know. So... There, there, there must have been something else I wanted to talk about. Was it Napoli? Yeah. yeah. What do you guys What do you guys make of um, now? Oh no, five have one have, man. Have hope. Have, have hope. We have to start here. If Napoli win, does this affect in any way your opinion or your narrative surrounding Diego Armando and uh, his exploits in the nineteen eighties? 
Or or, or uh, can, can, no. Can, no, it doesn't. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I was I was hoping that was the answer. So we can divorce everything. Because my thing is that as much as I would want the because I'm 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 conflicted because there's a Nigerian Osima narrative Osime. even though <laughs> you couldn't qualify for for a freaking world world cup. And then there's the Maradona one. But my thing though is Napoli won that against peak Milan and peak Juventus. What Milan and Juve are now aren't what they were back in the late 80s. <laughs> you know. So what's and also all this and also look he's gonna case, twist because you know like yeah because guys are like you know like leo di maria is now the goat leo di maria has completed football quality but leo di maria never was able don't to do, do that don't do that agenda's gonna agend man he said leo di maria like come on bro <laughs> hey, no, that's it's it's his maria's firstborn child what, what am i what are you saying what Maradona did with Napoli is one of the greatest pieces of, of Dodd ever in history, which is why for many people he's the GOAT based on what he did for Napoli and what he did for Argentina. But if Napoli win, mm-hmm. Osime and Kivicha, you'll be legends. <laughs> because of do you know how crazy it is? Napoli have only won the league twice, twice, mm-hmm. and both of them with Maradona. Do you know how mad that, that is? That's insane. HH, I, I know there's a bit of lag, but in your encyclopedic footballing brain have been playing football manager since 1973 or whenever it started do you have a frame of reference for any other player from georgia like could you name one other than kavicha oh, oh man there i can't think of league. one. Oh, there's got one in the premier league for a while in the 2000s he was one in yes but in the premier league yes is, is it kaladzi was kaladzi georgian yeah it was a k in there well there are k's everywhere kaladzi. apparently based on my guy's name, but I was just, I was just curious. I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's not to give you a quiz. I'm sure somebody will tell us, but I can't think of another person well, from yeah, Georgia. Galazzi. Like that, that is Dodd, a guy from Georgia yes, yes. making it to Napoli. Like, yes. Kaka Kalazi, he played for, for Milan. Well done. Bro. He is from Georgia. Here's another one for you. If, if Mudrik costs 70 to 80 million with a hundred, with 30 Double million it. plus, how much is Kovic going to cost? Double it. 200 mil. You think he's a 200 mil player? Well, you said 70. So 140, 150. I mean, the money's crazy. If Anthony's 100, then Kavicha's probably what? 120, 130? And would Napoli even sell him for anything less than 150 because of who their owner is? No. So, you know, he's he's not leaving. That's like a lifetime contract kind of deal probably. He's like, uh, who's... The guy with the mohawk. Why is his name slipping my mind from Slovenia, Slovakia? Hamzik. 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 He's like him. He's going to be there for years and years and years. All right, then. Anything else you want to talk about this weekend? I, I did want to ask you one thing, kind of circle back to United. So you're getting you. Let me not phrase it that way. I don't like how that feels. Um, the club is getting sold. The club is available for investment, including a up, including an up to a sale. Um, and was some was it Radcliffe the, was was the statement that went out in November during the World Cup, uh, and now it appears that Mr. Jim, Sir Jim Radcliffe, has announced his interest in per- potentially purchasing Manchester United. I believe I have reason to believe that such a purchase would be outright rather than a minority stake. From the Mr. Radcliffe, yeah, possibly. Uh, Radcliffe. How also much is Manchester United worth? If Chelsea's worth four, 
Radcliffe also owns Nice. Um, and uh, as far as I understand, the Glazers are looking to get somewhere between six and seven billion. Is that why Ross Barkley is there? That makes so why sense. Why is it Nice? Yeah. 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 And uh, Schmeichel, I think. Interesting. So, okay. It's all it's all coming yeah. together. Shout so out to Nigeria. A, spoke, a spokesperson for, for Ratcliffe said, we have formally put ourselves into the process. Wow. Okay. Uh, make of that what you may. Um, something I keep saying this season and last season is billionaires don't work the same way we work. So mm-hmm. don't treat them as regular degulars and don't treat their behavior like regular degulars. Okay. How about this? Is there, and I don't know, I don't know if you'll be able to answer this, but I'm sure you'll come up with a way. How would I word this nicely? In the world of billionaires, if we consider them their own space and tier, is this the kindest billionaire you could hope for if it is indeed Radcliffe? Or if we investigate him, is there not much difference between him and perhaps others who are buying clubs or would be interested in buying clubs? And maybe you don't know the answer and that's fine, but I'm curious. I don't I don't know the answer. Fair enough. You know, some people say if if you there are some people who are of the no oil investor opinion. Um so I suppose Sir Jim Radcliffe would be the most appealing option. But then we're also talking about a, a point in time where we, we don't know how many people are formally entered the process uh, and we don't even know what this formally entered the process thing means. How did this man make his money? Chemical engineer. What is his company? Inois? How do you pronounce this? In yes. in Inouis? He was I also know he 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 was pro the Brexit vote. Multinational chemical company. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My mind's going places, but well we'll we'll save it. HH, is there anything you want to get into? Is there any topic on your mind that you feel is necessary? Should a football owner be in a Twitter space? Yes or no? <laughs> what happened? Todd Bowley was in a Twitter space recently. Speaking or just chilling? Like was listener. So, was, he, was he listener or speaker? He was just, just chilling. He was there. He was just was listener. And no, I think he was co-host at a point. At the point he was co-host, when he was a listener. <laughs> How did I miss this? I guess I haven't been on Twitter that much. It was just like the big news on Twitter was like he was on a Twitter space. That was the, the big news on Twitter after the game. Yeah, the big news in your corner of Twitter, you know? Yeah, but I think half of you might be more deeply entrenched in Chelsea Twitter than me, which is kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, no, uh, I, look, Daniel, yeah, relax. It's 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 by it's by virtue of what I do, but it's some it's it's, it's <laughs> virtue. It's very indirect of Hamley, right? Now. But we see. Um, <laughs> basically, no, no, okay, look, basically, Con and, and Admod had the Twitter space and Bowley. And for me, I thought, okay, it must be a troll. But you click on everything that really was bowling. And here's the thing because here's you caught it live. At first, I was, first, I was like, oh my gosh, are you really listening to opinions of fans on Twitter? This has now gotten even worse by how bad things are. But you have to understand this. So I was watching the Golden Globes. And then Eddie Murphy received the <laughs> Cecil B. DeMille Award, which is like an award for watching. Where's the great. story going? And then, and, then, and, then, and then who do I see applauding in the back? It's bowling. I was like, it's bowling. Then I now do research. Oh, bowling he owns them. He's like a cool kind of owner of like the Hollywood, Hollywood and foreign press. Hollywood who gives foreign us the press, yeah. Awards. So my thing is, this is Hollywood. He's Hollywood. And man. if and also if you're in in Hollywood, it's all about peer. It's all about peer. That was a great. Sp- bowling wasn't listening to what those guys were saying. It was a peer move. Because you think he just had his phone now is, just there? What is now? 
being said. Yeah, 100%. Let me see. What is being said on Twitter right now? Oh my gosh, I own her. Unless he now cares about the fans, man. You know, he's actually one with the fans. So if he now messes up, he now has a little bit of leeway because you now have gotten so much kind of um, goodwill from from the fans. It was a classic... From one type of fan. Let's be really specific, right? There's a very specific type of Chelsea fan that's going to pay attention to the fact that Todd Bowley was in a Twitter space. That is not necessarily a type of Chelsea fan that goes to the shed in every week. I think I hear Todd Bowley in the Twitter space, and I think that is bad. That is not good. Because is, are people on Twitter, the people who are influencing his this decisions, it. It, does that mean a Declan Rice purchase is coming soon? Like, all, half of all of the things yeah, you've no, said about, no, 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 about no, no, bro, what, che, che, what Chelsea's transfer policy being what happens on Twitter, perhaps that makes way more sense now. Mudrik was his flavor of the week on Twitter. So if you're on Twitter, hey, how about we send the plane over there? And that's what they did. It's 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 a mess, bro. It's a mess. Of course it's stupid. A guy being a Twitter space, of course that's bloody stupid. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. <laughs> you know, it's embarrassing. I mean, of course it's embarrassing. What I mean, what are you doing? Hence why the only way I can view it where it's not embarrassing is it's just a PR move. Even as a PR move. You, you so, know how you view it as not embarrassing? Don't why? pay attention to it. Why? It, it doesn't. Will, well, okay, will Todd Bowley in a Twitter space matter in two months? Maybe. No. So why do you need to worry about it too now? What if there's a bid for rice based off what he had in the dinner? <laughs> what if this? What if this? Ah, rah, 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 rah. All right. Oh. This has been a Talking Tactics podcast. We've been talking for an hour. Yeah, we yeah. do this every Tuesday. Anyway, thanks for having us here. <laughs> I, I, I just, I don't think it's unrealistic that Chelsea are Wrap like their transfer policy up. is Twitter people. But anyway, as, as... <laughs> yes, 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 as Carl said, this is the Talking Texas podcast. It's, it releases every Wednesday. It, we we record it on Tuesday, but it's released on Wednesday. Um, I'm at Daniel to look. Follow the off-target Substack. Carl, where can people get you? You can find my writing on the Athletic. And have hope. Where can you be found? And your opinions? That can be found anywhere, man. Just look. Like I, I'm, I'm like I'm like Waldo. You can find me like Waldo. Havehopefootballhut.com. All right, Talking Texas podcast. Sometimes funny. Sometimes serious, <laughs> but it is always football, uh, bro. The delay on your internet, I have, have hope, is pretty wild. I think I'm going to keep that one in there. We will see you guys next week. Peace, peace, peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.